Vox Quick Hits. It's Today Explained. I'm Sean Ramos for him. I was talking to a friend recently who expressed some concerns about the vaccine. He was worried about mRNA technology, said he'd personally prefer to get a vaccine that didn't use it. And that got me thinking, what are other questions people have about these shots? Not like the anti-vaxxers who are worried about 5G or Bill Gates, but people with real legitimate concerns about the science. So we reached out to you, listeners, and asked, and you answered with your questions. We got a ton of questions from you that we haven't really addressed in great detail on the show before. So that is what we are going to do today with help from Dr. Deborah Fuller. I'm a professor in the Department of Microbiology at the University of Washington School of Medicine. Dr. Fuller has spent decades studying the kinds of vaccines we're now using to fight COVID. One of the things that a lot of people don't realize is they think that uh, mRNA vaccines just suddenly appeared as a brand new vaccine when COVID-19 started. But there has been research going on in this field for over 30 years. And I was one of those people 30 years ago who first started working on the idea of putting a code into your cells and express a protein that was stimulated immune response. So you're basically the perfect person to tackle a wide range of questions about all these different vaccines. Are you game? I am totally game. Absolutely. Let's give it a shot. Okay, my buddy was too shy to call our voicemail line and admit that he's scared of mRNA, but this listener was not. Hey, Sean, looking for the science-based evidence that suggests that lab-created mRNA is not going to trigger some sort of long-term averse effect in my body in, say, 5, 20, 40, or 60 years. I feel like I'm being asked to trust something that does not have published long-term medical research behind it, uh, which is going to leave my future self at an unknown risk. What would you say to people like Jared? Let's just kind of start out in general with vaccines. The idea that they're going to cause some sort of issue five, 10 years from now, that just doesn't happen. That's not how vaccines work. They get in, they do their job, they go away. The only thing a vaccine does is stimulate an immune response. And then when you get exposed to a pathogen, that immune response is going to act on it and get rid of that pathogen. So they do a very focused, directed immune response. And uh, once they get inside your cell and they instruct your cell to do that, they disintegrate. Our body deals with mRNA all the time. We eat it. We're exposed to it. Uh, we're, it's in our environment, and it knows what to do with mRNA. Uh, so it's, it's not something new that your body ha- really hasn't seen before. There's natural mRNA everywhere uh, in our environment, and this synthetic mRNA vaccine that we make in the lab really just mimics that. The next sort of bucket of questions we probably had, the largest number of related to pregnancies. Here's a listener from Georgia. I have actually gotten the first dose of vaccine and I'm comfortable with it, but I have a friend who is really concerned that it will affect her fertility. What can I tell her and how can I approach it with her in a way that will actually encourage her to get the vaccine? Oh, this is a conspiracy theory. And this is the sort of stuff that just really makes me mad that uh, this kind of information uh, gets out there. But basically, this conspiracy theory got started by somebody's blog, and I don't know who it was. People still read blogs? (laughs) 
or somebody's Twitter, who knows? I don't even remember. But let me let me tell you a little bit about where that got started. There is a, a small protein in our bodies, it's called syncytin, and it's in our placenta. Uh, a small portion of the sequence of that protein is in the spike protein of SARS-CoV-2. And we use a spike protein in our vaccines, right? Yeah. So somebody got the idea that, well, because there's some sort of similarity between those, if you induce an immune response, you're going to make an immune response against your placenta, and that's going to make you infertile. Well, that's just ridiculous. So basically, there is very little similarity between the protein that's in the virus, the spike protein, and the protein that's in our placenta. And that degree of similarity is not enough to be able to stimulate an immune response, okay? And it all kind of is absurd anyway, because if you think about it, natural infection with SARS-CoV-2, it also has spike protein. Hmm. So if we were going to be making immune responses against the spike protein that are going to make us infertile, you'd start to see COVID-19 causing infertility. And we're not seeing that. We're not seeing massive miscarriages. We're not seeing infertility. So you can just look around yourself and actually see that this sort of concept is, is really bogus. Okay, so we've covered people who may be want to be pregnant one day. We've covered women who are pregnant. Let's talk a bit about people who have recently had a child. Here's Claire. Hi, Today Explained. I am currently a breastfeeding mother and I would love to get the vaccine, but I'm scared of the long-term consequences. I definitely believe in science. I'm definitely a big fan of not getting COVID, but (laughs) I'm just hesitant because of the lack of long-term study. So breastfeeding with the vaccine, good, bad? Good, I would say definitely good. good. So uh, there are they are studying in these clinical trials. They are looking at whether or not when these pregnant women make antibodies to protect themselves, can they transmit antibodies that would protect their baby? As you know, uh, when you nurse your baby, uh, you are a transferring immunity to your baby. Uh, let's say you got the flu vaccine. You make antibodies against flu. Those antibodies are transferred to your baby and they're able to protect your baby from flu. I know I nursed for like 10 months. The minute I stopped nursing, my baby started getting sick. So nursing actually is very important way of protecting your baby from infectious diseases that they would otherwise be vulnerable to because they're not old enough to get vaccines yet. So, but you are. And so you can transfer that immunity to your baby. They are finding that when uh, pregnant women generate antibodies against the COVID-19 vaccine, they also have that in their breast milk. Now, we don't know whether it's enough to transfer sufficient immunity to the baby, but this is really promising and exciting news that if you're uh, nursing and you get the vaccine, that you will also be able to protect your baby. Okay, moving on from the babies for a bit here. Lots of people who called or emailed had questions about whether it was safe for them or loved ones to get the vaccine if they had a chronic disease. Here's one of those. Hi, my name is Jamel from Austin, Texas. Um, My wife are fully vaccinated, but her parents both have diabetes and are hesitant about getting the vaccine. Any advice for them? Thanks. 
diabetes is a risk factor for COVID-19, as well as many other sorts of comorbidities, like if you're immune compromised and and the like, you are higher risk for getting severe disease if you get COVID-19. So the recommendation is that you get your vaccine. Uh, They have found that people with comorbidities like diabetes and others, they don't develop any more adverse events for the vaccine or or reactions to the vaccine than the general population. As we mentioned, uh, the risk of getting those is modest. So it's really important for people with comorbidities to get out there, get the vaccine and build up their immunities so that they can be safer. That was an excerpt of Today Explained. To hear the whole enchilada and others like it, check out Today Explained wherever you check out your podcasts.